Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Protection breaks down and time runs out. Down goes Rodgers in the sack for Leonard Floyd. New this year and after spending three years with the Rams, the former first round pick of the Bears and now Rodgers sits down. A loss of 10 on the play and hopefully the Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play. See what happened at the end of it. Take a look here at the very end and hard to hard to see. Of course, he he had the, the calf issue in training camp, but here's a little better look as far as what might have happened for him to go back down to the ground. And he's coming out of the game. And that means that a few plays into game one, Zach Wilson, the former number two overall pick from BYU, who's made 22 starts in the NFL, has thrown 15 touchdowns, 18 picks. Oh, gross, gross, gross. Monday Night Football, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, waiting for official word, but it sure looks like he could be out for the season with an Achilles injury. Man, oh man, the Jets win that game. It was a, just a really, you know, kind of ugly game, but like an emotional roller coaster game. Tommy Caster alongside me here. I'm Jacob Albrock, Jad Chambers producing, getting that audio for us. We appreciate it, Jad. Is it just is the most deflating thing? Like, injuries happen all the time, but come on now. Like, this is the story of the season in the NFL, and we get four plays of it. My God. Like, you want to talk about, like, the camera work last night, just getting visceral reactions from everyone, and, man, that sucks. Welcome into Sports uh, Welcome into sports Daily here. I'm, I'm Jacob Albrecht. Your calls, your reactions on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240 is that number to call. Uh, IHOP uh, brings us that where guests can enjoy four new sweet and savory biscuit options. You can also find us on our video stream. Leave your comments there. You'll find that on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Tommy, that was brutal, brutal last night. Yeah, I'm not sure that there's another example of, you know, such a high, high, and then such a low, low for Jets fans. Uh, you know, watching Aaron Rodgers run out of the tunnel with the American flag on the <sighs> anniversary of 9-11 and you know you built your franchise around him you, you feel like you've got finally your franchise quarterback you've built the team around him they've been on hard knocks you, you feel like they're going all in and then four plays in he goes down and uh you know you mentioned potentially done for the season it wouldn't surprise me if the guy's done for good I mean and I know we'll get into it and talk about it but man I'm not sure that you can you could have a, a more brutal start to a tenure as a quarterback for a new football team than what happened to Aaron Rodgers last night. Yeah, that's uh it it, it was it it was no no bueno and it really did deflate the night but credit to the Jets and you know I it's it's what's so 
I'm not even a Jets fan, and I get so frustrated for them because this roster is unbelievable. In that draft class they had last year, like I, we're going to look back at that draft class as one of the all-time greats between Sauce Gardner, uh, I don't even remember the safety, you had like three picks, name, Brees Hall, obviously, Garrett Wilson. Like it's just incredible to watch those guys play. And now what do the Jets do? I don't know. Like I, this will be a really interesting you know, next couple of days with Rodgers because does he try to come back from an Achilles? We need to know that. I know everybody's like, what are the contingency plans for the Jets today? Well, like, first and foremost, I, I got to know, like, is Rodgers going to try to come back from this next year? How, you know, yeah. how how much of a Band-Aid do we even need? And I think that, you know, there's about a 1,000 backup quarterbacks they could definitely inquire on across the league. And, and quite frankly, Tommy, probably be pretty aggressive and you know, in trading to go get somebody like where's Jacoby Brissett, right? When you need him or Jameis Winston, when you need just, you know, one of these journeymen who, who can do it. Cause Garrett Wilson just doesn't do enough. I mean that, I, sorry, Garrett Wilson, Zach Wilson doesn't do enough. Garrett Wilson's incredible. That catch was unbelievable last night, but you know, credit to them. You love Robert Sala. They were, you know, they held through, I guess, you know, I haven't watched hard knocks, but the punt return story was, was awesome too. And, you know, Buffalo couldn't get it done either, Tommy, and that's sort of a storyline too. But it all gets overshadowed, of course, by Aaron Rodgers and this injury. And, you know, I we we shouldn't just assume that, you know, Tom Brady's situation is universal. Like, Aaron Rodgers is almost 40 years old, and, you know, the calf injury is a bit of a red flag for an Achilles anyway. And, you know, I saw stuff this morning like, is the field to blame? No, like, nothing's to blame. It was just like a weird angle and... And the Achilles is is an injury. I mean, that's not that. Yeah, it's not that wild to imagine. It just sucks. It was the sum of all parts. I mean, it sounds like that the play was designed for a, a quick pass, and Rogers held onto the ball a little bit longer than I think what he was supposed to. Uh, but then you've got the offensive lineman that didn't really block particularly well. And then, yeah, I mean, I do think that there is an argument that can be made that you know the turf contributed to it. I don't think the turf was necessarily the reason why, but I think contributed to it. I mean, you don't have that give like you would on grass to be able to get your foot out from underneath something. Artificial turf is not going anywhere. You know, when you watch the replay, I mean, you can see that cleat digging into the artificial turf and then there's nowhere for it to go. And then you can just kind of see that Achilles tendon just kind of pop right there. And so, yeah, it was just kind of the sum of all parts and, and, you know, a terrible way, uh, again, for everything to start for Aaron Rodgers with New York. As far as the, the quarterback play is concerned, it sounds like the Jets are going to go with Zach Wilson. I mean, what other choice do they have right now? They well, play, in the short term, sure. They yeah. play against Dallas on Sunday. And so you, you can't – I don't know if you can really go and sign or trade for a quarterback – on Tuesday and have them ready to go for Sunday. So they're going to roll with Zach Wilson. Uh, but, I mean, to your point, there are a lot of quarterbacks out there. Uh, Joe Flacco wants to continue to play. He was interviewed, I think, last week saying that he would love to find a team to latch on to. Andy Dalton is out there somewhere. Uh, and then the big elephant in the room, could the Jets call Tom Brady? There are, uh, I mean, there's a little bit of speculation that they could at least give him a call to see if he's interested in coming out of retirement to play for them. I have no idea how likely that is, but, um, you know, certainly that injury overshadows a lot of other storylines in the game. You mentioned the interceptions. Jordan Whitehead had a great game picking off Josh Allen 
three times. Xavier Gibson and the punt return was incredible. The fact that the Bills fall to 0-1 and the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs all lost in their opening game. You know, th- there's a lot of different narratives and storylines coming out of this game last night. But yeah, to your point, and, and, and obviously so, it's all overshadowed by what happened to Aaron Rodgers. Well, and look, we're going to talk about, you know, the Bills angle and the Chiefs and and we're the other big headline yesterday, obviously, Chris Jones. We're getting into all of that uh, throughout the show. We have Dan Israel this morning joining us, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. So we'll get into all of that. But, you know, the immediate aftermath, the topical thing is is Rogers. And let's Jad's got some audio here of. Uh, you know, people after the game with the Jets talking, you know, so imagine this, what you'll hear here is after, you know, the excitement of the way they won that game. And then they got to come talk about Aaron Rodgers. Here's some of that audio. All right. I'll uh, deal with the quarterback real quick. Um, uh, concerned with his Achilles. Uh, MRI is probably going to confirm what we think is already going to happen. So prayers tonight, but it's not good. I was just saying, basically, um, you know, the league is better when Aaron Rodgers is on the field. And, you know, it's just, it's just bad that he went down so early. You know, the people didn't really get to, show, get to see what we've been working on, you know, this whole time. So it's just it's how, the, how, the, how the ball rolls sometimes. You know, I hate to see it. I, I, I said my prayer for him, and, and it's kind of like I got a role now. Um, I think that's just the reality of the game we play. But, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't lingering in the back of my head the whole time. And, as soon as I came in for halftime, you know, I made sure to check on my dog. and um, Just something you hate to see as a competitor, knowing how much we put into this to, to be able to perform, not 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 at practice, but perform for the game. So uh, to see him go down, you know, this first game so quickly in, it's, it's um, I mean, it sucks, man. And, and um, I'm going to keep him in my prayers. Um, it just, just sucks. It does. So the order of guys you heard there. Uh, was Robert Sala clearly there at first, and then Dalvin Cook and Garrett Wilson? They've got a they've got a season to play, Tommy, and they're really good. Um, you know, I, I I agree with you, Rod. I mean, uh, Tom Brady is the first call to make, just to see. I I would be concerned a little bit if I were Tom Brady because of that offensive line, and that's probably what would keep me away if I were Brady. But at the same time, it's undeniable how talented this team is and how good they are defensively. You know, if they can if they can piece it together on the line. They they just beat the Bills last night without Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers never played. Now it was ugly, but look, you can win with defense in this league. The Jets did it last year. So, you know, they just have to be I don't know what you do. Because again, like the the most immediate thing is what what is Rodgers next year? And that right. that helps decide like what to do, right? And man, like, should they have been in the you know the Trey Lance business? That would be an interesting dynamic. And of course, you're not thinking about this stuff. And Zach Wilson, I, I'm not in the camp to say Zach Wilson needs to be done. I mean, I'm fine rolling with Zach Wilson, but I would like to see, you know, again, one of the journeyman types. Andy Dalton would be perfect for this team. Like you brought his name up. If you can get Andy Dalton to come back up, you know, Zach Wilson, I feel decent about that. But We'll see. We'll see what they do. We just, we That's know what that they have good. to do. Like they, they've got to go and get, I think either in free agency or make a trade a veteran quarterback for no other reason than to just back up Zach Wilson. Because, you know, I'm, I don't think that you go out and you get Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston or, or you call Matt Ryan to come out of the booth or whoever it is. No. 
I don't think that any of those guys are going to be able to come in and start for this team and you feel good about their chances if you do that. I think if you if you call them to come in and back up Zach Wilson and fill in for him, take some pressure off of his shoulders, I think that that will help a little bit. I mean, the, the problem with what's going to happen moving forward with the Jets is, and we've seen this from Zach Wilson throughout the course of his short NFL career, is that they're going to have a really hard time playing from behind. They, they just are like moving forward. That team is built with defense and the running back position with Brees Hall. Now that you don't have Aaron Rodgers in the picture, that's the way the team is constructed. So the, the hope is that you can get out in front and then lean on your running game with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook and your solid defense to try to you know get victories that way. But if this team falls behind, I don't think anybody trusts Zach Wilson to try to lead a team back. No you know, from behind. So that's I mean, really where really the issue bad. is going to land. Yeah. He looked really bad. And you need two things out of their quarterback based on what we saw last year and last night. You need a quarterback that's not going to turn the ball over. And you need a quarterback that has the physical ability to give Garrett Wilson a chance. I'm not sure Zach Wilson can do either of those things. Uh, and that's the problem for me. Like they don't, because their defense is so good, and because their running game is going to be so good, you just need a quarterback that doesn't turn it over and can keep a defense honest slash give Garrett Wilson a chance on, you know, four or five balls a game to go be the receiver that he is. Right. Here's here's the other thing. It's so deflating last night, but you get the other like overwhelmingly positive news, and especially for us around here with Brees Hall, Jad's got some cut there. How about, you know, the return for Brees the Beast? After the Jets just picked off a long pass of Allen, back at the four, first and ten, handoff here, and a burst by Hall. He runs on the numbers, the ten, the twenty, it's a foot race, thirty up the middle of the forty, across the logo, fifty, foot race to the forty, far side, thirty, far sideline, twenty, fifteen, and knocked out of bounds at the Buffalo Bill 13-yard line. Galloping downfield, the burst of 83, first and ten Jets at the Bills, 13. Wow, this kid was electric when he got going last year. Coming off the ACL, we didn't know how much he touched the football. Man, his first two touches have both been big plays. You see the explosion and the speed. Man, that's huge. That was huge. I thought, I don't know if you saw the... I don't know if you saw the edit there of Eli Manning, like, immediately. Oh, he's out of shape. Like, it was really funny. Uh, but it was good. I'll tell you this, Tommy. I'm really, really glad the Jets brought in Dalvin Cook because they're going to have to run the ball. And I just, like, it would be nice if they could ease Brees in here for the first few weeks. So I'm glad they have Dalvin Cook. I'm sure they are, too. Uh, yeah. But, man, oh, man, just a the, the wild Jets, return for him. Yeah, moving forward, I mean, they're going to have to be a ball control team. That That's really the only way that the Jets, I think, have a chance here because their defense is really, really good. I mean, when you've got Sauce Gardner and then, man, Jordan Whitehead with those three interceptions and then, you know, everybody else they've got on that defensive unit, they are a solid defense. And with the two-headed monster, Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, if you can, if you can supplement your running game with a handful of good passes to guys like Garrett Wilson and others, you know, Alan Lazard is on that team. I mean, I, th I think you feel, you still don't feel great about their chances not having Aaron Rodgers, but at least you know that it's not just Rodgers. Like he's not, he wasn't the only talent that they had on the team. 
Brees Hall looked incredible, and, and they're going to need him. They're going to need to lean on him. And same thing with Dalvin Cook. So uh, it was great to see you know Brees Hall coming back from that injury in, in such an effective way. And by the way, can I just mention Kevin Harlan is the best broadcaster on the face of the planet. I mean, that, I there's it. not anybody better than him. I agree. Uh, I agree. I was so I, I get so excited to hear Kevin Harlan here uh, with us on KFH when he calls these games. He's he, he and and you know I'm glad he's on radio too. He's incredible at football as well. But yeah. man, he's great at both. I agree with you. He's he's the man. Uh, what a cool debut back for Brees, and he is going to be a focal point this year. And you know we pray for his good health because he's a superstar. He is so dadgum good and he's going to put it on display this year. And so is Garrett Wilson. Tommy, I'm not sure. Like, you know, I, I, I would... Justin Jefferson is is the top young guy. Tyreek Hill may be the top guy in general. But, man, the, Garrett Wilson is so good. And yeah. I just, like, I don't want to happen to him what's happened to so many, you know, great young receivers that he never gets a chance to play with a really good quarterback because he is unreal good all right uh let's uh let's give one of our prizes away here today so we've got lots of things to give away today um including movie tickets hto maybe some wind surge vouchers we'll do all of it let's start with the movie vouchers jad so we've got tickets to a special screening of the animated feature paw patrol the mighty movie my kids are excited about this one that's thursday september 28th at seven o'clock at Boulevard Theater in Town West. Keep the kids up late that night. Again, special screening, Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie, Thursday, September 28th, 7 o'clock. We'll give away a pair of tickets here uh, to that. Right now, to our second caller during the break on the IHOP line, 869-1240. When we come back, Chiefs News, Chris Jones. There's a lot to dig into with that as well. It is a, uh, boy, it is a headline edition of Sports Daily today on a Tuesday. All Brockton Caster will be right back. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you. Congratulations to Mark, headed to see Paw Patrol on us. We'll give away some HDO, some wind surge vouchers as well. Final homestand for the wind surge of the regular season begins tonight. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster here. We have Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, coming up at the top of the hour. Looking forward to the conversation with him about a lot of things. Uh, one of which was the big news yesterday. Came down, I don't know, about 4.30. Chris Jones and the Chiefs, uh, well, they're in agreement on a one-year deal. Um, I, I, my, my instant reaction, Tommy, is I'm glad he's back. I'm glad this, you know, finally got done and situated and everything else. Uh, my secondary reaction is... Chris Jones needs to have a very serious conversation with his uh, representation. So Ian Rappaport reports this morning that it's a one-year deal worth up to $25 million. The base of 19.5, which is what he was playing for, is the same, but he's got a chance now to make up the fines that he got for sitting out and uh, I guess a little bit more with some incentives 
And then he'll be a free agent at the end of the season anyway, and the Chiefs can still use the franchise tag. Chris, all of this drama for the opportunity to make back the money you've lost by holding out plus another, I suppose, $5 million. He didn't get to the number on a long-term deal. He didn't get to the number on a short-term deal. And he gained nothing in the franchise tag slash free agency price. He literally gained nothing. And by the way, don't forget, he won't get a chance to negotiate a long-term contract until his age 30 season. So the age 29 season that he's in right now, he didn't get a long-term deal done. He'll have to wait another season when he's actually a free agent to negotiate with 32 teams in the NFL to try to get the number that he wants, but he'll be a year older. And so th there's no way that that number will be accomplished. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what he got out of this. That was the positive. opportunity to make $5 million more only based on incentives. It's not guaranteed more. He, he didn't and get I, anything guaranteed. And, and I wonder, and I wonder if, you know, that's worth it for everything that transpired over the last couple of months. The fact that now you've got a section of the fan base that, you know, probably look at him in a little different light than they did before. Not that, you know, they're not going to welcome him back with open arms because I guarantee you that when he comes out on the field on Sunday, the entire fan base is going to be like, thank God we've got 95 back out there. But also at the same time, and I've got a really hard time believing that any kind of long-term deal will be taken care of after this season between these well, two teams. Well, he's not really going to like, There's nothing else for him to prove with right. the Chiefs. He's not going to play better than he played last year. So, I mean, because he's because he's, he's already great, right? Yeah. His problem is he's older and he's already had a big deal. So, like, this long-term deal for him I don't think is there anyway— I, I just like, you know, it's been a little while and, you know, we talked to Dan Israel last week and he was just like, I don't understand what the point of this is. And and it's been to that point for me for a long time because like the Chiefs aren't going to do anything here. Like at some point, it, Chris Jones just has to decide. And that's clearly what happened. He looked very uncomfortable in the opener and, you know, that camera shot and everything else. Like I, I think that he felt very uncomfortable at the charity event when he talked I don't think he likes this perception that he's hurting his team, which he clearly is, whether he is intending to. Obviously, he's not intending to. I think that it, all of these things combined, Chris Jones is finally like, just let's just be done with this. Like, it's not this isn't accomplishing anything. It's probably making yeah. him very unhappy. And so, again, I'm really glad he's back because I think this will be really good for the Chiefs. I think it's good to get that out of the way. I think it's going to be a little shot in the arm, I think. And, you know, for a defense that actually looked pretty good in the opener, it's going to make the defense better, which is great because there's more questions on the offense, perhaps, than we realized. But, man, like, we got to have a serious talk with, with my representation because they had such a bad idea of leverage. Like, they need to go back to school on leverage because they never had any. It was pretty obvious that they never had any. And they tried to do this, and they cost their client a lot of money, potentially. And a lot of goodwill, I think, in the eyes Absolutely. of the organization and the fan base. And also keep in mind that really you look at the historical nature of the way that Brett Veach, and we've talked about it before, has dealt with other players 
around the same stature of Chris Jones, Teron, Teron Matthew, um, Frank Clark, Tyreek Hill. And I don't know at what point the Katz brothers looked at this situation and said, oh, yeah, it's different. Like our, our client is different than those other guys. And, and we're going to be able to get what we want out of the Chiefs. That's not the, really the way that it works. I would say that the only part from the Chiefs perspective that after week one maybe drove a little bit more urgency from their perspective on at least getting a one-year deal done and getting him back out on the field is the fact that there are other pressing issues now that the Chiefs have to work through and figure out outside of Chris Jones. So I can imagine that there might have been a scenario where Brett Veach and Andy Reid and the coaching staff in the front office said, okay, after that opening loss against the Lions, is there any way we can get Chris Jones done for right now so we can get that off of our plate and focus on some of the other things that we have going on? That might be the only, and again, that like that doesn't mean that like they lost any kind of leverage or that they gave up anything that they, you know, they, they didn't, didn't give, give up anything, anything at all. Up. Like they, they were in the position of strength all along. But I do, I do think that there could have been a conversation saying, hey, we've got other things to focus on, wide receivers and Travis Kelsey's injury and other things like that. Let's get this drama off the table and at least get him signed for this season. Rick chimes in on the video stream and says, this is the Chiefs and Jones parting ways at the end of this season. Casey won't give him a long-term deal. Look, I don't think it's that cut and dry, uh, but they're not going to give him what he thought he was going to get. I, I mean, I can say that. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily, that'll be up to Chris Jones, but the Chiefs didn't give you don't think the Chiefs six months ago would have been like well yeah we'll we'll do a one-year deal incentive based for 25 instead of 20 sure absolutely what sure on a one-year deal we lose nothing we literally lose nothing we got to pay you an extra five million if you're awesome this year yeah okay we'll do that we don't lose any free agency that we we can still tag you next year like all these things right we don't lose anything here that's the biggest thing in that contract that i was my jaw dropped when i read the details of the contract is that they the cats brothers couldn't even negotiate in not the, the chiefs not being able to tag chris jones after this year they can still tag him like that's just wild to me like if you're going to sign a one-year deal that's incentive laden you got to try to negotiate in some kind of clause in there saying the Chiefs cannot tag you at the end of the season. They couldn't even get that accomplished. So I think that it's fairly likely it wouldn't shock me one bit if they tag him after this season and then try to trade him. Like you do the tag and trade type thing. Like I, I think I, that I at that point, because then you can get that draft capital value back for him. You've got him under the franchise tag. There are teams that I think would trade for him at that point. It just is mind boggling that they couldn't negotiate in getting rid of that franchise. That dire. I, I think I think the Chiefs will be very willing if it if the time comes and it's there to say, look, man, like I, I'm sorry that that happened that way. I mean, Tom, you say the tag part. They got him a raise that's not even guaranteed to be a raise. Like, yeah. the way this is, and, and I don't know, like, I always think, and, and you guys probably know this because I talk about it too much, but, like, the way this is reported is really interesting to me. Like, Rappaport and, and like, you know, the, the reporters that get all the scoops and everything, like, I tell you guys, like, a lot of the time this information comes straight from agents, right? Straight from agents, uh, you know, all this stuff. But, like, these these presentations of the way this is like is being celebrated for Chris Jones. The holdout's over. He finally got his deal. He didn't get right. anything. He didn't yeah. get anything. He got the opportunity 
to go get an incentive raise to make back the money he already lost. <laughs> and Adam Schefter, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, reported that Chris Jones has the potential to make substantially more money this year than last year. Okay, how much of that money? What's well, a twenty-five percent bump? Like, but how? But no. But let me finish. How much of that money will have to go to the fines that he had to right. pay throughout the course? Of the, like it offsets that, you know. So like, is he actually netting much more money than no. he made last year? No, he's not. And he's got to hit incentives to actually be able to get any of that. So I, I don't see this being a win at all for Chris Jones except for the fact that he gets back on the field, except oh, yeah. for the fact for, that he gets an opportunity to rejoin his teammates. It's a win for him because he doesn't have to set up in, in a suite looking goofy with two wannabe Sopranos members flanking him on either side. He gets a chance to actually get back out on the field and play with his team and rejoin his teammates. That's good for him. But from a financial point of view, this is a huge L for Chris Jones. It's it's a yeah, it's a it's a business L, but it's a probably a real big like life win yeah. for Chris Jones. And and look, we all make dumb business decisions, right? We all misplay our hands from time to time. Like for real, we've all done it a thousand times. So we like it's we're just like observing a situation more than like I'm not casting stones at Chris Jones here because he was, you know, he was given bad information. You know, by 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 people, and and they just absolutely misplayed this, and it's been this. The thing for me, Tommy, is like we, I, I, you could see this coming from OTAs. Like it yeah. never made sense what what was like. Okay, Chris Jones is sitting out OTAs, and we're being told, and it's being reported again by I think the same people that they're just waiting on you know the Simmons and the and the Quinn and Williams deals to set the market. Okay. That's what we're waiting on. But if that's what we're waiting on, the Chiefs can't control that. So why is he holding out? That never made sense to me. But okay, those deals get done and it means nothing because they misplayed their hand yeah. from the beginning. They said, this is what we want. The Chiefs said, no, that's not the market. They let this come out. The Chiefs were right. And they were like, well, well, you still want this much. And they're like, uh, no, like we're not doing that. <laughs> and so then it's like, okay, well, we're going to hold out. And the Chiefs are like, okay. Hold out. Like, that's cool. not the market. We're not going to do it. We're telling you right now we're not going to do it. And like, okay, well, we're going to hold out. You just wait and watch. Okay, sounds good. Hold out, hold out, hold out. Chris Jones is miserable, by the way. It's very apparent that he's not happy. And and not, I don't mean just like from the deal, like emotionally. It doesn't seem like he's like the right. same jovial Chris Jones. So we get to all this point. We see the first week. Defense looks all right. Like, all these things are happening. And it's like, what are we waiting for here? Well, here's what we got for you, Chris. You know all that money you lost in fines? We're going to get you the opportunity to make that back. We can't guarantee you that you'll get it back, but, boy, if you're really good, you can at least get back what you lost and a couple million more. And, oh, by the way, nothing changes long-term. They can still tag you. You'll still have to be a free agent. We didn't get you a long-term deal. Let's get a hold of these guys and, hey, everybody, we got the Chris Jones deal done. We, we finally got it done. But the reality is, like, you didn't get anything done. Like, what was accomplished here? You you get the opportunity to make back the money you lost in holding out, and that's about it. Because if you do the math, Tommy, on the net, right? Okay, it's $25 million. Like, he's incentive-based to $25 million. He was already at 19.5. What did he lose now? A million for the first three. game? Yeah, three. It's like a plus total the of preseason three. and offseason. Yeah. So you're down to sixteen point five. Right. So you've lost. So you, if you gained five and you've lost three, there's 
maybe two million net dollars that he can gain maybe. by having a good year. Maybe, maybe, right? And so it's like, are you kidding me? And yeah. I've had to, you know, upset the fan base. I've had to let down my coaches. I've had to, it kind of feels like in a way, let down some of my teammates here. Not that they're holding it against him to do it, but I think if you heard Travis Kelsey, it's like, uh, like everybody on the planet was reading the room one way and Chris Jones's people. And if you weren't, even if you weren't reading it that way in OTAs, you were reading it that way now, except the representation and they finally were yep. like and now that oh my god this it's it's just crazy to me yeah and you're a year older when you enter free agency well, he, that you're was going to happen older. anyway right? i know but he, he they were trying to get a long-term deal done in the year 29 age now he's going to be 30 when he's going to get a chance to actually negotiate it again on top of all of that too you watch week one from a suite at Arrowhead, and you see the defense played pretty well without you out there. You you see a defense give up 14 points to a Detroit offense that is is fairly high powered, and so th- any kind of leverage there, I think, was gone. I mean, it it might have been slightly different. I, I still think the Chiefs would have stuck to their guns and held on, even if it had been a disaster uh, defensively in week one. But still, if you're there and you're watching from above, the defense just get absolutely shredded, drive in and drive out by Jared Goff and the, the Lions. Then at that point, you could go back if you're the representation and at least publicly say, Clearly, my client is needed down there. You know, clearly it's a situation where the Chiefs have to have him if they want to win football games. But that wasn't the case. The defense looked okay. That was the least of the Chiefs problems in that opening game. So any kind of, I guess, perceived leverage there goes out the window, too, after week one. So there, there, there was literally nothing to stand on if you are Chris Jones's representation. And I think that this deal clearly signifies the fact that they realized finally we've got nothing here that we can go off of well and i look i think too like it was probably chris jones saying listen i'm i'm done with this this. is done yeah Yeah. we're done because and i and i actually do think the chiefs need him um you know i think they need him to win a super bowl in a in a in a negotiation leverage type thing, oh, no. there was that, that's like, been you, the case. You can't point. You can't point but, at that game and say, "Look right there." Yeah, no, no, no. Beach. That that's you got to have the it. Case like, they we've been having it. this conversation, Tommy, for four months, five months. Like, do the Chiefs don't have you to think have Chris Jones a to win a Super Bowl? No. Don't don't you think that there was a thought from the Cats brothers that all right, we're going to take our client up to the suite and we're going to watch this defense get shredded, and then the Chiefs are going to realize they're going to need him, and then that really wasn't the case. I don't know what they're thinking because I can't remember a misplayed hand like this that was so obvious and had so and and they had so many opportunities to like back out of misplaying it too and it's just kept doubling down like you could have backed out of this in training camp at some point and been like man we're not going to get this deal let's not let's not pile up these fines let's at least see if we can get a little incentive bonus in there like we don't have any leverage we never have because he's under contract it's a good contract and he's going to lose too much money by holding out. Let the lesson be learned here. Unless you play quarterback in this league, holdouts almost never benefit. Like they almost never work in the long term or the short term, unless you're a quarterback. And like, like it's when you get back to the CBA, figure out what else to do with the franchise tag. 
because that's what's killing these guys at, at you know, at, at a lot of levels. So, but until then, like, stop thinking that unless you play quarterback, like, teams are just like, okay, like, we'll, if we got a great quarterback, we'll go try to win anyway. Let's come back. Let's talk about the impact we think Jones will have uh, when he comes back. We'll have Dan Israel at the top of the hour, too, and then in the second hour, we can revisit some of the Jets news and uh, things that we're, we're dealing with there. Let's do, Jad, let's do some of these win surge vouchers. So you've got just a few more opportunities here. Basically, every day, every night, to tonight, starting tonight, and then through Sunday. That's it. That's the final regular season homestand for the surge, final games of the regular season. So we're going to you know, give you an opportunity one last time to go see the surge. You can get some vouchers on us right now. First caller during the break to the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. Tommy and I will be back. Chris Jones is back. What does that mean for the Chiefs? We'll touch on that next. Oh, okay, take it easy. We're going in the air. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Congrats, Adam. Going to see the Wichita Wind Surge on us here at Sports Daily and KFH. Thanks for tuning in uh, here over the airwaves, 97.5 FM, 1240 AM, uh, on the Odyssey app streaming for free, which you can go back and listen to shows that you missed, kfhradio.com as well. And then on our video streams, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, you can find those lots of ways to take in the show. We're talking Chris Jones. All right, so now that we've moved beyond and we'll get into all of it with Dan Israel coming up in our next segment we've moved beyond how you know uh seemingly silly a deal it's been now that we see it and all the drama that went into it Chris Jones coming back Tommy look I've been very on record with the fact that I don't think the Chris I don't think the Chiefs need Chris Jones to win a Super Bowl right like all things considered that which is why I never thought he had any leverage to begin with but that doesn't mean I don't think Chris Jones is awesome and will help them win a Super Bowl potentially. I think he's one of the best defensive players in football. I hope that he's you know back at full speed and ready to go right away because I do think that they need him. I think that they did well against the Lions, but you know the Lions right now have some limitations. They have one really good receiver and a lot of inexperience, you know, everywhere else catching the ball. So. I would like to see a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. Jared Goff was pretty clean in that game. That's the thing that got me. Defending the run, they did better probably than I thought they would in that game. But that the Lions did run it relatively effectively, especially when they needed to. So I think they absolutely you know need Chris Jones. And for me, I look at it this way, Tommy. If the offense is going to come along a little slower, and we'll see with Travis Kelsey, you know, we'll see if he practices today, and and we'll talk to Dan Israel about that too, but we'll see how much the offense is slowed now once we get Kelsey healthy. I don't know. Honestly, like I am totally, like don't have a a hot take on that. I got to see it. But what I can say is I was pleasantly surprised with the defense. If Chris Jones adds to that, and this becomes like an above average to really good defense, That changes things, too, for the Chiefs. And, you know, as we watch the AFC sort of stumble out of the gates here, that's a a pretty big advantage. Like, if they can – like, imagine the Chiefs with a good – to like, top in, let's say, top third of the league type defense. Hmm. That's an interesting development. I said this on Friday after the game, uh, and I know that that you and Paul uh, gave me a ton of grief for it, but I'm going to double down on it. There was not a single play – defensively in the game on Thursday that it popped into my mind at all 
they've got to have Chris Jones out there if they want to be successful. Like they're really honest oh, there to was God wasn't. But but I want to I want to clarify they will be a better defense with them on the field. They clearly will. So I'm I'm not sitting there saying they don't need him. They shouldn't they shouldn't sign him. They shouldn't have him out on the field. I just there wasn't anything glaring to me in the opening game that I thought, man, like it's a disaster without him out here. They will be improved with them on the field moving forward. I'm glad they got it done. Uh, I think that he clearly makes their defense an above average defensive unit. And if they can get to a, a maybe a, a good defensive unit or a great defensive unit, then sure, that's clearly going to help them in the long run. I'm glad they got the deal done. But man, I was pleasantly surprised overall with the way that that defense played without him on the field. I was too. I would say this. Imagine Trevor Lawrence and the weapons he has with as clean a pocket as Jared Goff had in that game. Yeah. That's yeah. what would, you know, that's where I think it's like, okay, I'm really glad we have Chris Jones back. We did see other areas of pressure, though, away from, you know, not having Chris Jones out on the field. We saw Karloftis get pressure. Mike oh, Dana totally, got but some you pressure. cannot beat Trent pressure. McDuffie got some pressure. No, I, I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that there were other areas where it came from last week. You adding Chris Jones up the middle, man, that makes that defense look that much better. It does, and they need it. They need it in a game like this weekend. Let's talk to Dan Israel about what he saw from the Jaguars and what he saw from the Chiefs and get his thoughts on all of this. How concerned is he about the offense? 869-1240 is the IHOP hotline. It will be occupied by the executive producer of the Chiefs radio network, Dan Israel, who joins us for his weekly visit next on Sports Daily.